Welcome to the audio version of the Star Citizens Writer's Guide. I'm your host, Alyssiana, also known as Sailor from the Mystic Worlds Gaming Blog. Begin transmission. Hello again. Welcome back to another installment of the Star Citizens Writer's Guide. We're all really excited about the great response to last week's issue and this feature in general. One change to this week's installment. I know I said we would begin discussing local governments and citizenship, but as I was writing out the issue, the citizenship section kept expanding. Ultimately, I decided to hold off on the local government stuff until next week so that we wouldn't have to trim either. For new readers, please check out our caveat section in this series. Here's a summary. This information is meant to be used for coming up with your fan fiction. Each of these installments is not complete or intractable information about their respective topics. We're still designing the universe, fleshing out details, and saving information for bigger releases. Errata In the inaugural installment of Errata, this is where we will address questions, offer further clarity, or present additional facts on the topics covered in the previous week's installment. Last week, we started looking at the human experience, specifically UEE and its structure. Timeline. As requested, we created a graphic of the timeline presenting the facts depicted in the time capsule. It will be posted at the end of the issue. Military ranks. For simplicity's sake, we modeled the military ranking system after the U.S. Navy. Navy officers of the UEEN. Second lieutenant. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander, Commander, Captain, Rear Admiral, Vice Admiral, Admiral. Notes about the ranks. Pilots are second lieutenant or above. Second lieutenant through captain are the most common ranks amongst fighter pilots. Carriers are under the command of an admiral. Each squadron consists of a carrier, its various wings, and support crew. Some crews have ground assault specialists on board. As for the Army and Marines, we have not addressed rank structure since we're focused on the single-player experience at this moment and characters will be enlisted in the Navy. If you want to create a character for your fiction in the Army or Marines, I would recommend sticking with the current rank structure. The UEE Senate Political Structure There are a couple of updates regarding the political structure. There was a strong reaction against the use of the word commoner. We agreed and brainstormed an alternative. We will be using civilians. Heads of state and their responsibilities. We haven't really fleshed out the day-to-day -day responsibilities of political figures, but here's a broad reference guide I keep in mind when coming up with things for them. The Imperator. Imperator, originally the dictator, after the Messer error, the UEE restructured the Imperator to more resemble a president, democratically elected, term limits, not insane, etc. To quote Ivar Messer, every ship needs a captain. The position is there to provide a final decision. Bills and legislation start in the Senate, move up to the High Secretary, then go to the Imperator for approval or veto. High Secretary. This is the chief executive of anything structural that takes place inside the UEE borders. Communications, transportation, sewage, power, agricultures, bills, legislation, etc. Any and all issues regarding the infrastructure of the UEE are debated and refined by the Congress, then eventually funneled to the High Secretary before they are passed up to the Imperator. High Advocate Basically the Attorney General. 
This office handles enforcement of laws, but also coordinates efforts to make sure the UEE local governments are complying with the latest amendments to the galaxy-wide imperial UEE laws. Senators elected by citizens of their respective planets and work primarily out of the Congress on Earth, though they will return to put in time with their constituency, particularly when it's nearing election time. Senators do not directly create any legislation or appoint local officials, but their endorsement and influence are undeniably powerful. Political Party Due to the massive size of the UEE, there are dozens, even hundreds of political parties, but there are three that dominate the political landscape. Universal, institution-focused ideology. Government and systems will guide the people, seen by some as blue blood, wealth-based ideology. Centralist, traditional, even somewhat libertarian-styled political ideology. It's about sustaining and maintaining the status quo and excelling through the values of humanity. Embrace the past, be proud of where you come from, etc. Needless to say, they support keeping Earth as the capital. Transitionalists, relatively recent People's Party, formed around promoting a progressive human agenda. Most of their rhetoric is aimed toward the future, they obviously support terror as the center of the UEE. Military High Command When Messer consolidated his power and transformed the prime citizen to the Imperator, he also bonded the powers of the High General to the position of the Imperator. This was an effort to prevent any faction of the government from legally wielding the military against him. Therefore, the UEE High Command was created, a committee of representatives from the branches of the military to facilitate the orders of the Imperator. Think of it like the Joint Chiefs, a consolidation of high-ranking military officials who organize and brief the Imperator about military matters. Civilian versus Citizen The general public are known as civilians, or civs, used with varying levels of derision. They are the salt of the earth, the workers, and the masses. Everyone's born a civilian. Only the civically minded become citizens. Civilians are still registered residents under the UEE. At the age of 17 standard earth years, they start paying taxes, can own property, and vote in local elections and legislation if they're registered to a system. Citizens are chosen members of society. This is a status that has to be earned. In short, you must show an active commitment to furthering the interests of the UEE, which can be done through distinguished military service, community service, or application, though that's the least successful by far. It's not easy to become a citizen. It's not meant to be. The powerful hate sharing their power. As far as the perks for being a citizen, here's our working list at the moment. Allow to own a multi-system corp, pursue political office, vote for UEE issues, work for the UEE government, easier to obtain UEE trade licenses to buy and sell from Xi'an or the Banu, local law enforcement might let you skate on smaller crimes, they pay a slightly lower tax rate. Convicted criminals and assimilated cultures defeated in war are never allowed to become citizens, and a long history of behavior deemed counter to the purposes and dictates of the UEE can cause your citizenship to be revoked. Life without citizenship. To many, it may sound like citizenship is the only way to live a good life in the UEE. Ultimately, it depends on your priorities. There are things that absolutely require citizenship to achieve, 
But if you want to live on the edge, make your own living slugging cargo or exploring the depths of space on the fringe, there isn't much that citizenship can offer you. For writing, this is a big topic and one that is in constant discussion as to how it will be implemented into gameplay. This entry is barely going to scratch the surface about the possibilities that you can explore with citizens. As I said in the last post, we're trying to build a universe of grays, not black and white, of moral complexity, not absolutes. But here are the broad strokes to set the boundaries of where you can go for your own stories. There isn't a class war going on, yet. While it's true that civilians are the lowest class in the UEE, this is not the Middle Ages. Civilians are not slaves or subjugated populace. They are not treated like scum or spit on by the powerful. Do some civilians feel like they're toiling away while citizens live in the lap of luxury? Sure. Conversely, do some citizens resent civilians? Sure. There can be fat cat citizens who despise the dirty plebes outside their door, but others use their positions and resources to look out for them. So what is the general sentiment about the civilian-slash-citizen dynamic? If you can boil the sentiments of a populace into a single feeling, it's a system that seems to be working for the most part. For a majority of people, this is just always the way it's been, and it's not likely to change anytime soon. From the government's perspective, there are trillions of people in the UEE. Think how difficult it is to have an election with 120 million or so voting citizens in the U.S. alone. So they needed some way to whittle down the enfranchised populace. Questions. You mentioned the advocacy as a Cold War, KGB slash CIA mirror. Are they still the arm of the UEE which conducts covert affairs and espionage? Answer. I think the advocacy handles counter-espionage, while the military handles intelligence slash espionage missions. Question. You didn't mention any form of judiciary power. Has technology made court cases obsolete, or are they just too irrelevant to the game? From the Kid Crimson story, it sounded like the advocacy is confirming guilt and then acting upon their findings without oversight. But how are low-profile cases and those that are skirting the law handled? Answer. The advocacy is responsible for the courts as well. There is still due process, which was probably forgotten during the Messer era. Advocacy agents are legally allowed to shoot-slash-blow-up criminals in the field if they are acting in self-defense or if innocent lives are at risk. The existence of kill orders has long been unofficially acknowledged within the UEE infrastructure. Though never confirmed, the rumor is that they are only placed on the most dangerous and vicious fugitives. It's been mentioned in some comments, the advocacy is like the FBI. They don't handle small fry cases. They come in for the egregious intersystem fugitives and murderers. Anything else is handled by local law enforcement and bounty hunters. Next week, we'll get around to discussing how local governments work and if there's space, we'll start covering how the media and communication systems affect the flow of information. As always, feel free to leave questions about this week's post or about next week's topics in the comments below. End transmission. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Your comments and feedback are always welcomed. Links to the actual writer's guide are included in the show notes. All music is courtesy of the Star Citizen's unofficial soundtrack, also in the show notes. This is Alyssiana, signing off until next time.